0: This podcast is brought to you by Nickled, simple SaaS customer success software providing you step-by-step website tutorials to stop your customers leaving. See nickled.com for more details. That's nickelle d.com, nickled.com. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution. I'm your host, Alex Humer, and I'm joined today by a co-founder and CEO that has a, a ton of experience in selling and marketing SaaS applications, having worked at, um, you know, none other than Bizarre Voice and Salesforce, amongst others, you know, over a 15-year career. Um, so I'd like to say, you know, welcome to the show, Nadim Hussain, uh, co-founder and CEO of BrightFunnels.
1: Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me on the show. Really delighted to be on. The yeah, show. No, it's
0: uh, it's great to have you on the show, Nadine. Um, you know, really a pleasure to speak to you today. Um, so, what, what I like to do, Nadine, you know, with, with each podcast is. Um, you know, as I think as I mentioned, you know, try and you know deliver some actionable insights and lessons around sort of particular topics. And uh, you know, that uh, particular sort of topic or theme today that I, I want to look at and explore with you is uh, is really a lesson in marketing for for SaaS startups. Um, does that sound something like that? You'll be uh, happy to talk about. Absolutely. Excellent. Good stuff. Before before we get into that, um, you know, I always like to give the guests, you know, opportunity to you know give a bit of background. Um, you know, to yourselves and uh, I guess your company as well. Um, So, you know, first question is, you know, who is uh, Nadeem Hussain?
1: Good good question. So, um, you know, professionally I'm a a former VP of marketing um, and I'm a former product marketer and product manager. Uh, You know, came up through, you know, Salesforce and obviously you mentioned, uh, you know, had some success at a later stage SaaS startup. On the personal side, uh, you know, I guess fun fact: I I lived in five countries before I turned 17, uh, which is when I moved uh, to the U.S. Um, Bangladeshi, uh, you know, uh, by by nationality and and sort of my my father's occupation had us moving around, which was a a real real blessing and something I'm really thankful for. Um, And I think that uh, you know, to to bring it to Bright Funnel, I think you know what we do: uh, you know, we're a marketing analytics company, SaaS company focused on the B2B market. Uh, and the way I think about marketing, modern marketing, it's really about synthesizing quant and, and qualitative. Um, and it, it's, it's less about pure analysis, but more synthesis and insight. Um, and that's really something I think I became good at because I was exposed to so many cultures. Um, so th- that's a little bit about me and also about the company. Our, our purpose, I think, is helpful to know. Obviously, our category is marketing analytics. What we are trying to accomplish is to connect marketing to revenue, um, you know, I really believe we've entered a, a, a new era of marketing. Uh, you know, I call it the data driven era, and our goal is to be a catalyst for that sea change, which we think is going to unlock the connection between marketing and revenue. So it's it's very exciting trends that are happening. Uh, we're obviously surfing on that trend, but we also think we're we're accelerating that trend.
0: Okay. Um, thanks for the background okay. there, and. Uh, you know, I guess leading from that, you know, connecting marketing to, uh, to revenue, um, it, it's a, a nice sort of segue into the question, you know, is, is marketing eating sales, um, you know, and if so, I- I- explain why.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think it is, and, and I think the, the, that phrase might be a little controversial, but but it, it is intentionally provocative. Um, you know, you probably saw that the blog post I wrote with that title, you know, why marketing is eating sales. And the reason it's eating sales is that if you look at the B two B buying cycle, more and more of it is being owned by marketing. Um, so there's different metrics out there, but you know anywhere estimates are somewhere around seventy, eighty percent of the buyer's journey is owned by marketing, and and you can sort of pick your favorite analyst who's coming up with that. And if if you were to unpack that, I think the the, the maybe looking at it as marketing eating sales might feel a little bit sort of Combative or fixed pie, which is not my intention. The way I think about it is really automation is eating human-powered processes. Um, and if I and I love metaphors, I'm going to use one. You know, think of the the modern salesperson as being like a Navy SEAL, right? Um, and think of the the previous type of generation of salesperson as being more, you know. Uh, 19th century infantrymen, you know, say in the U.S. Civil War, for example. Very, very different soldiers. And what's what the Navy SEAL has is that they've got the power. There's a lot fewer of them. Um, but they have the power of satellites in the sky. They can, you know, have call-in drones and airstrikes. They've got um, all this technology behind them, it's air cover. So the role of marketing is to be that air cover. Um, and in the old days, salespeople didn't have that quality of, of air cover. Now it's a lot more precise, a lot more targeted, a lot more effective. So as a result, uh, you have this world where the, the salesperson might get involved at in a s- much smaller percentage of the process or the, of the timeline, but they have a much greater impact. So the need for salespeople has never been greater. It's not diminished. It's just the amount of time or the amount of the process they own is, uh, you know, is, is much smaller percentage. So that's kind of what I think of as you know, automation is eating the human-powered process, and I think marketing is eating sales. What's behind that, you know, the, the, it's not just me making this up. These are trends that are we're all experiencing just from the idea of, uh, you know, internet and, and mobile. Uh, you know, I, I lived through, I moved here to the Valley in 2000, the first generation of the internet, but really this current generation of what's happening is much more interesting, where data is exploding like never before, uh, the amount of channels has exploded, uh, marketers certainly feel that, consumers uh, you know, benefit from that, uh, and their consumer behavior is changing. You know, whether you're you know, buying a, a pair of sneakers or you're buying enterprise software, your behavior has changed uh, in a way to, to reflect those new channels and, and new preferences. So I think all those things are really leading to the fact that marketing and automation are, are more and more important
0: okay awesome and uh, and great mess for there and yeah absolutely i i seen myself that um you you know that the the buyer's sort of journey um you know uh, is kind of really accelerated and and, and you know almost um, you know, to the point where they've made that decision, you know, already before contacting the sales uh, salesman or salespeople, you know, within the company, you know, through the job that marketing has done. So, uh, um, you know, th- things have changed uh, uh, a lot over the last, uh, you know, few years and, and, and more. Um, um, so, so let's talk about the um, well, the, the the theme, you know, the lesson in marketing for SaaS startups, and um, you know, I want to sort of pick your brains here so that, you know, those that are listening, you know, in, you know, can learn, you know, from somebody that's got 15 years, you know, of marketing experience and, you know, is running, you know, their own marketing analytics, you know, SaaS company. So I think you're a great person to ask, you know, and answer these questions. So, you know, let's get into it. And then the first one I want to ask is, you know, what stage should a, a, a SaaS startup and when I say SaaS startup, you know, probably, you know, uh, an early stage SaaS startup, um, you know, make its first marketing hire, um, you know, and, and and what, in your opinion, you know, would that marketing hire, you know, role be?
1: Sure. So this is a, it's a great question. It is, it is a tough one. So I think the first hire has to be someone who's a multi-hat hire. Um, and I'll explain that in a second. But I think that the timing of that, I think you have... Hire them uh, as soon as you can. Uh, pr- you know, I'd say as soon as you have an MVP, um, or as soon as you feel you can afford them. But certainly, certainly one of the first ten people, probably one of the first five. Um, and as, as far as what I mean by multi hat, if you think of the minimum viable marketing team for you know typical sort of four or five figure SaaS product, um, you need a variety of you need some product marketing, which I'll include sales enablement, messaging, and positioning. Um, you know, anything branding related, I, I put into product marketing in the early stage. Um, you need that demand gen skill set. So everything from, um, you know, obviously email, content, copy, ops, um, all of that sort of, I'd say, is a second skill set. And, and it's pretty different than the product marketing skill set. Uh, and then the third type of skill set uh, would be then around, you know, creative, uh, right, basic design website, etc. So even if you have three very very skilled people uh, you're looking at a minimum team of three realistically. Now obviously the startups are about doing the impossible so you have to, you've got to do those three jobs in one person. Um, now you've got two pads, you know you could go raise a $10 million Series A, go hire all three people. Uh, if you can do that, definitely do it. Um, more likely you don't have that luxury so you can really hire one person at best and you've got to find a way to get those three jobs done. Now it's not as impossible as it sounds. You can get one person that can maybe do two of those jobs, and then uh, f- find a contractor for the third. So th- that's my very tactical advice. It'll vary by the type of SaaS company it is. Um, most of what I say will apply if your ACV is in say the ten thousand to hundred thousand range, um, and, and probably above that. But if you're if you're really uh, selling something that's you know 100 bucks a month, uh, you, you know the, the the priorities will shift a bit more towards automating things and and you know sort of the the more, things that you could get d- done more through I guess more of a growth hacking mindset than, than really needing uh, an experienced marketer.
0: Okay, um, you, you know awesome advice. So you know great uh, answer. You know absolutely. If, you know, I, th- I think, and I see myself that you know the generalists. Well, I say generalists, but somebody who's wearing, you know, many hats uh, will be needed. You know, in the very sort of early days, and then the move to the specialists, um, you know, is is, is the, the the common path uh, sort of trodden. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I'll give you, um, I'll give you one more very actionable piece of advice. I give this piece of advice to a a fellow founder um, uh, in one of my investor portfolios, and and. I'm blanking on the company's name right now, but he put it to work and he was really thankful for it. So he came to me and said, hey, look, we're, um, I don't know, we're five people. We don't have a marketer. uh, We can't hire a marketer is what he said. What what should we do if we can't hire a marketer, Um, which is probably the position a lot of you guys are in. So my advice was, uh, look, whatever business you're in, you, the founder, are a are domain expert, right? If, you, if you've got a product, by now you're a domain expert, right? Um, you know, pick whatever product category, right? And I said, just write down what you know, your point of view on this world. Like, why do you guys exist, right? You know, we're a software to, you know, automate, you know, legal back office, let's just say, right? Just write down, you know, a page or two worth of your point of view and your knowledge, and then go to Odesk or you know, Upwork or whatever they call it these days. Find a writer to go research this and write an ebook on this one topic, just a single asset. Right? Don't go crazy. One topic that you're proud of that re- represents your company, your point of view, um, that's well done, that you're not going to be embarrassed if your friends read it, um, and just create that asset. Like, I think that's the first thing you do even before hiring a marketer. You don't need to hire a marketer for that. You can do it yourself. Um, and then the next thing you do, it uh, might need to hire a marketer, but the next thing you do is take that one piece of content, uh, put it on your website, gate it, you know, I know it's, it's fashionable to have content marketing and everything being open and free, but if you're a SaaS startup, have some way to capture leads um, and have this sort of meaningful, valuable piece of content that, reco- that, that is reasonable to ask for some other the information um, and, and then promote that, right? It's just create the content. And find channels to promote it. You you, you can uh, do it through LinkedIn ads, right? So that's one example. If you do one thing, you're selling to businesses. Take that one asset, run some LinkedIn campaigns, right? Just do that. See how that goes for a while. Um, That you can do yourself as a founder tomorrow.
0: Okay, great, Uh, a a great tip there, and um, uh, hopefully that many founders will be uh, uh, trying that themselves uh, uh, as well. Um, um, what about demand generation? Um, you know, what what demand generation techniques do you uh, you know personally like to employ? Perhaps that you've used at uh, you know Bright Funnels?
1: Uh, It's a good question. So, the the good news for startups, whether you're at our stage or even much earlier, is that you don't need that many things to work well. Uh, you just need a couple of things. So so it's first of all our our customers. Are people that are bigger companies, so public companies that are, uh, or maybe about to go public, so, some very large companies, and they have a different set of challenges, right? It's really becoming very, very data-driven, and optimizing their spend is, is really a critical need. Um, at our stage, the re- reality is you need to have good enough data. You you can be good at one or two things. So, to your to your question, what techniques do you need to be good at? It just depends. You know, for us, um, it is a, a bit more of an enterprise sale. Uh, requires, uh, you know, a a bit more education as far as, you know, changing your mindset from believing in a world of single-touch marketing analytics to multi-touch, for example, is becoming much more accepted, but that does require some wrapping your brain around it. So we found that trade shows were very effective in our first year. You know, I was there myself. Uh, It required some interaction. So that was very, very effective. Um, We found that outbound uh, prospecting was, was very effective, sort of referrals were uh, the way we got a lot of our business in the beginning, asking for intros in, into companies. So that's what worked for us. We didn't, in the early days didn't do a lot of, um, uh, very early days, didn't do a lot of um, formal demand And then later on, so, so say, uh, you know, in terms of stage, say when we were about 10 people, we started doing, you know, you know sort of email nurturing, we built sort of target lists, um, started doing some some basic later on some content indication so, so through, through various channels et etc.
0: Okay, um, yeah, I mean uh, once again you had know, great advice and I guess depending on the SaaS company you know you know who you're selling to in your case you know selling to larger companies and enterprises. Um, then there's going to be you know different techniques you know for for everybody. so not a, a, a one size fits all, but uh, but good to get the insights into you know things like what worked for you in the early days like trade shows, um, you know, and referrals. Um, but uh, what about um, you know you said content syndication there? What about content marketing? Um, you know how do you or where do you rank content marketing in the priority of you know all the different sort of marketing channels that you can activate? Um, and, and is content marketing something that you should be doing you know from from day one
1: yeah g- good questions so um actually let me add something to, to my to my last uh, question if, if, if that's okay yeah, 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 it.
0: Right.
1: The, the problem that i had and you all have is that in the early days you just need customers right so 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 you, you can't take your eye off that problem where in a way if you have a more transactional saas business you're lucky uh, because you're going to get data very quickly. You know, if you've got a $100 a month product, you should be able to quickly get hundreds and thousands of customers um, or, or that might be a sign that you don't have a market. If, if your product is more the 1000 or 5000 a month for ID um, in the beginning, you, you're, you're sort of more mid-market enterprise, you're not going to have that many data points. So the challenge with the optimizing marketing in the beginning is that You haven't optimized your business yet. You have no idea what you do for a living and who you do it for. Even if you have a product market fit, that's when you're barely figuring it out. So I would say whatever you can do to get um, people, customers to get their hands on your product, um, to show some meaningful commitment to your product uh, and make them successful is the most important thing. So the, the, the first hire might even be someone who's got marketing and customer success skill sets, right? Or, or product and customer success focus. Really, really figuring out why is this person using our product? What are they doing with it? That'll really help you strengthen your product market fit. Um, and I think that's what I'm stating the obvious, but um, the reason that's important to remember is you, you can't think too much about scaling your marketing or scaling your go-to-market until you've really figured out what the heck you do. So relating to your question about uh, content marketing, Um, so how important is it? So so the idea of content marketing, I think dovetails nicely into what we're observing in the market, which is that there's more channels that that consumers want to interact with. uh, Folks are buying things from in a more scalable manner. They don't always want to talk to a human. So content marketing can solve that problem uh, in the sense that you can do it asynchronously. You can give them knowledge, uh, educate them early in the buyer's journey, and then as you go through the buyer's journey, you can give them other information. So I think kind of marketing is very, very important Um, to to sort of boil it down, figure out once you know who it is you're targeting and that might change. Once you have a good enough idea, then think of how they want to actually interact with you, how they want to buy the product. So that's sort of the buyer's journey Um, and think of what are the pieces of information they might want and how they might get those pieces of information. So obviously there's the, there's the early, the top of the funnel, they haven't met you, they haven't heard of you. That's sort of one part of the marketing funnel we all talk about. But a lot of it is once they've already heard about you, you already have their name, you know what the company is, how do you nurture them, how do you kind of get them through that journey of understanding what you do and what you might bring to the table. So that's kind of the role that content marketing plays. Uh, so I think it's very important. That said, I don't think the inbound style of content marketing is relevant to most SaaS companies. I think the idea of inbound marketing I think has done a lot of damage to, to, to good marketing, if, if I could say that. Um, and the reason is it's, it's sort of propagated this idea that, oh, if you, if you build it, they will come, right? Let the SEO gods determine what your future is as a SaaS company. The, 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 you know, good luck if that's your approach. That's not going to work for the vast majority of SaaS companies
0: okay no it's that's a, a, a welcome um you know a, a approach uh, I, I think um actually most people or a lot of people that we we've spoken to um they heavily rely on uh you know content marketing and um uh, you know to the the inbound marketing channel um in in the very sort of early days so you know it, it's uh, interesting to 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 hear um i i guess kind of you know uh, an alternate view um and uh, so i guess you know on, on that i mean content marketing you know uh, for for bright funnel you know what have you guys been doing you know if if anything i mean do you, do you have a blog i think you do obviously so i i have read some of your posts but you know do you do anything you know beyond that and and what um i let me say you know what what sort of percentage um you know within your um i guess sort of marketing um, uh, you know, sort of channels is, is you know, uh, given to uh, content marketing as a kind of level of importance.
1: Yeah, no, so so my, my point, so let me define the terms. So when I say content marketing, I'm a big fan of content marketing. That's the idea of creating content that's going to Answer a question that's going to educate the customer, etc. Mm. The idea of inbound marketing is, is what I take issue with. This is the movement that, you know, in the last five, 10 years that really popularized by HubSpot, which is a great company. Mm. If you're a HubSpot, you can pull off inbound marketing, really relying on SEO as your mm. primary channel. Um, no one is building a new HubSpot. No one's going to succeed with that model uh, going forward. I think that'd be very foolish to, do, to try to become a HubSpot. Um, what you, what I'm suggesting as an alternative is, of course, you need to have good content. You need to have, um, you know, a point of view. But really think about promoting it. Right? Actually, there's content and there's sort of channels through which you promote something. Uh, if you're HubSpot, you can get away. Over the years, you've built up all this, um, you know, search engine credibility that's great. You can get away with that. And you have to get away with that because their price points early on are very low. Hmm. Uh, they've done a phenomenal job of, of growing the price point since then. Um, but for the majority of SaaS companies, you know, you create that one asset that tells your point of view, of course it's on your website. So if you get organic traffic, someone will come across it. That's a no brainer. But what I'm suggesting is spend some money also promoting that content, right? Uh, there are channels through which you can spend money to promote uh, your content and, and get leads, and, and that might be a very good idea. Um, and to do it early on, if you do it. In fact, I think uh, Mark Andreessen talked about this, right? It, it, you know, if you do that early on, then you're actually proving that you have a scalable business. If you don't spend any money on marketing early on, all you've proven is that uh, you know that you don't know how to scale the business going forward. So, so that's kind of my, my my point. So as far as like us personally, you, you know, we don't think of it in terms of uh, you know, are we spending X amount on content or not? Um, you know, really what, what we're looking at is the overall budget and what the metric I look at is how much money am I spending and how much pipeline am I getting for it and how much revenue am I getting for it? So, so we are, obviously we're using Bright Funnel, so we're looking at things like primarily on sort of dollars in, dollars out. Um, we're looking at things like, you know, velocity, you know, how, how are things flowing through stage by stage? Um, and, and then, as we 're planning, you know what is the predicted result from a certain investment? So I would say definitely looking at the the, the revenue and pipeline from from a marketing investment is, is a critical thing to be looking at across the board.
0: Okay, um, I understood and, uh, good to see, although I'd expect nothing less that you guys are, are dog fooding or uh, drinking your own champagne, of course. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, but what about, um, uh, you know, I, I hear a lot or read a lot about, um, you know, customer advocacy and, you know, evangelism as a marketing channel um you know what what's your thoughts and advice around that and um, let's you know bring it back to bright funnel you know what are you guys doing if anything around that um you know it'd be good to uh, understand
1: yeah no i think uh, i think customer advocacy is huge right so the idea of you know automation eating human processes um is it broadly speaks this idea of marketing eating sales broadly speaks to increasing transparency. Um, so in, in, a, in a more transparent world, in a more data-driven world, you're not relying on your IBM account executive, you know, sort of from the 1970s to give you information. You can get the information yourself. You, there's review sites that are out there. You can quickly find what other companies are using a particular product you're considering and go ask them directly. So a lot more of the control is in the hands of the B two B buyer, and the same is true in B two C as well. And and given that control, uh, that's powered by this transparency, what that means for advocacy is that it makes advocacy much much more important. Um, and so th- this idea of uh, you know in in the first couple of years, I think a third of our sourced revenue is coming from referrals. Um, and And we saw that in bright funnel it, it was it was a it was a surprise we wouldn't have seen that if it weren't we weren 't analyzing it We using bright funnel and that was a little bit surprising but it, but it was also really heartwarming in the, in the sense that if you have happy customers that 's the most important thing if you don't if the opposite is happening they're out there detracting you, which is also scary um, it's, it's really a reason to have really good customer success so customer advocacy hugely important. How do you get there though? is to have a good product and to have a good product market fit. I, have a good product and, and have it in the hands of the right people. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, I don't think it's super actionable in the very, very early days other than building a good product. As you get later and later, of course, you can formalize things um, around it making sure. So, so I think the best thing you can do is to make sure you have someone with a product mindset in CS early on, right? I, I think that the role of the CSM is to be an evangelist. Is to be an advocate. Is to be a domain expert. Um, you know, if you have, if your product has any kind of complexity, you're going to want that out of a CSM early on.
0: Okay. Um, good advice there. Good insights. Um, what about growth hacking? Um, you know, what are the views or your views? You know, on, on growth hacking and you know, can and should SaaS startups be you know growth hacking their way to success or say early success? Um, Yeah, great question.
1: So I think there's, there's, um, you know, I'm not going to shy from a controversial answer to this. So (laughs) I I hate the term growth hacking. Let me just be very transparent about that. I think the term sucks. Um, That said, I've gotten over my hate for it. Um, I I think I hate it because you know I've been, you know, a product manager, product marketer, marketer for a long time, and a, a lot of the concepts of growth hacking are just marketing. So so what what are you really hacking? I think if you're writing lines of code, then you can call yourself a growth hacker. Uh, If you're writing uh, in the uh, English alphabet, you're not a hacker and and you should shut up about it. Um, So so that's kind of my feedback to to people that think they're growth hackers. As far as should you do growth hacking, absolutely. If you can find ways to use – so let's define what sort of techniques that might be growth hacky, right? If you can find ways to build your product, your website – the process uh, in ways that are really going to enable you to get more customers uh, you know whether it's you know the virality which obviously can help some businesses not all absolutely you should do it um, so if you can, I think the idea of growth hacking fundamentally is to build the product with growth in mind and that is table stakes you should be doing that um, it is less important the higher your price points are right so if you can if it is absolutely critical if you're a lower price point SaaS product. It is very nice to have if you're higher end. And you could argue, you can make an argument that the future enterprise companies are actually going to be the ones that are going to combine some of the great growth hacking techniques and mindsets with higher price points and more solution selling. Um, That is one of the things we're trying to accomplish here is, sure, we don't have to have really amazing customer experience and onboarding and you know uh, you know very scalable marketing and all that, but if we do and we have a more enterprise solution oriented mindset, that can be an amazing result okay
0: um, yeah I think the 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 term you know growth hacking uh, whilst it, it, it perhaps sort of peaked uh, I think last year um, it seems to be a lot of, a lot of people have fallen out of love with the term. Uh, you know itself, but it's interesting to get you know the the insights, um, you know, as to um, you know what people should be doing around the, that area of growth, uh, which or you know growth hacking, which effectively, as you say, is is really just marketing with uh, um, with a different name, right? Um, uh, but now we've got um, you know time for two more questions. Um, and um, you know uh, the first one that I want to um, uh, I want to know, and, and and hopefully those listening at home uh, do as well. Um, you know what tools should uh, every SaaS startup have in their marketing stack? Um, so what what tools did you guys have in your marketing stack? I guess like in the early days, and you know what is um, I, I, I guess you know the tools that everyone should have. Um, you, you know as table stakes.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. I think it's getting harder and harder for people to figure out what technologies to use because the marketing stack is exploding. Uh, and I said data is exploding. Um, so I do, I do empathize with people trying to figure out that problem. Um, so one maybe sort of unexpected answer to that might be pick a person, or, or this could even be a contractor or agency, and have them sort it out, right? Uh, I think if you were the founder thinking through the tech stack, you're gonna be wasting a lot of time. Um, so that's kind of one one thing to think about is, is maybe you don't worry about it. You have your marketer think about it. If you are the marketer and you're trying to solve that problem, um, I think it varies widely by company. So you asked me, what did we have early on? Um, you know we were we were very, very basic in the very early days. We, we, the one, the first tool we had was a marketing automation platform. So we could do some basic, you know, nurturing. We started with just an email, cheap email product, and then we moved to a still not so expensive marketing automation product. Um, and I think those are the for for B two B. That's that's critical to have something like that. It's not that expensive. Obviously, you need someone to be thinking about the content and and some some basic uh, list building is very very important. So I think maybe I, I would I would answer the question a little differently. I think for a SaaS startup, the most important thing is to figure out what companies you're selling to um, and you know who and then put those companies in your database put names against those companies I mean, there's lots of tools out there for sales development, there's tools out there for getting you know company profiles and names but I would say do that work, uh, the sooner you do that work the better I think that's very very important so, so targeting I mean now account based marketing is a popular term but that's really been the way a lot of people have done marketing in, in the enterprise world for a long time. So I think figure out those accounts, figure out those people, uh, and then start finding ways to market to them. Okay, uh, good stuff. And uh, final
0: question, what one piece of advice would uh, would you give uh, for SaaS startups looking for growth?
1: Um you know that's a great question. So I'll couch couch my expertise. I've been uh, obviously a VP of marketing at a, at a later stage Series B company, and then I've been a you know a CEO founder from founding days to to now sort of a Series A company. So I do have a gap in my knowledge, which is that I haven't worked at a, at a company in that uh, you know sort of uh, high single-digit millions of revenues yet. So so if you're at that stage, ignore what I'm saying. Um, but if you're at really early stage. And if you're later stage, I think this is my advice might apply. So I, I obviously once you are past ten million, you're not really a startup in my view. But w- what advice if you're looking for growth? I would go back to that one one piece of advice I had early on, which is create a so start with a point of view. You know, why do you exist? Uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to to write down a positioning statement. So I would I would Google positioning statement that you're going to find a couple of good ones, but it's basically a statement that says, you know, uh, you know, for example, you know, Bright Funnel is a marketing analytics platform for data-driven B two B marketers that want to connect marketing to revenue, and unlike other platforms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, so um, you know, for for us, those differentiators would be really about simplicity, power, you know, completeness, et cetera. But what is that for your company? Right. Write down that statement and come back to it and really understand. Um, that you're living up to it, and so so have a point of view, have a market position, and that'll change over time, um, and then find ways to propagate your voice out there in the market, um, and, and that's hard, obviously, right? I mean, you can write blog posts, you can try to get your your name out there, but uh, but I think that's kind of where you find some channels uh, to then reach your audience. Um, you know, in the first year, you might find that you're talking into a into an echo chamber, you're not even hearing anyone, you're just hearing your own voice coming back. But over a couple of years, it really does compound this idea of people hearing your name, knowing what you stand for. You know, that's why pivots are expensive, obviously, because you're changing what you stand for, but I'd say figure out who you are and let people know that.
0: Well, uh, on that note, I mean, that's, um, you know, great advice, and um, you've been a great guest uh, today, uh, Nadim. Um, So really appreciate you giving those uh, insights and the uh, you know the, the lessons in, in in marketing for for SaaS startups. So thanks very much for being on the uh, on the show today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at Nadeem Hussein, uh, N-A-D-I-M-H-O-S-S-A-I-N, and the company is at BrightFunnel, B-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-N-N-E-L. Those are great ways to get in touch. Or you know I can't, I can't promise I'll answer, but you can try to email me. CEO at salesforce.com or sorry, at brightfield.com. Salesforce is my old boss. Um, And I do check my emails but, and then sometimes when I've got time to kill it, I answer questions. Um, So, definitely free to reach out if uh, they have a burning question.
0: So, Mark Mark Benioff might be getting some emails now about this. uh, Yes, don't email was
1: My inspiration for for that. He always sort of would say, because it's harder, you remember, how do you spell Mark with a C or a K, yeah. Same with my first name, so it's, it's a really, that's a nice growth hack, I guess, right there, is, is just to have a simple CEO email and, and give it out to people. You, you have the choice of ignoring the email, but uh, it's great to get those signals coming in from the market uh, saying, here's what I care about, right? Even if your audience might not be our target market today, I do want to know what startups are thinking about and what they're struggling with in marketing, because it might indicate where the market's going in the future.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, and for the audience listening at home, if you like this episode of uh, the SaaS Revolution show, uh, we'd appreciate if you rate and reviewed us on iTunes and we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Nickold. Simple SaaS customer success software providing you step-by-step website tutorials to stop your customers leaving. See nickel.com for more details. That's N-I-C-K-E-L-L-E-D.com, nickeld.com.